Welcome to episode 6 of the Afterthought Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the Philadelphia Eagles clinched a playoff spot. Andrew and I are going to break it down for you today and talk to you a little bit about some upcoming opponents we have as we head into the postseason. On our featured segment, we're going to talk about Mac Jones and his potential career he's going to have in New England with a special guest. It's going to be a fun one. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Let's get it. Welcome back to the Afterthought Podcast, episode six, in case you are keeping score at home. That is, we just we just scored a touchdown in terms of, of podcast episodes. Number six, baby. Um, wow. And first of all, not sure if you if any if everyone out there's heard, but the Eagles um, they did this little thing this past weekend where they clinched the freaking playoffs. Yes. And if you would have Alex. Holy, first of all, hello, Alex. How are you? How are you feeling right now? Like, I swear, if you would have, when we first decided to do this little thing a couple weeks ago, never, ever, ever would have thought that we would be having this conversation right now, especially before the last game. It's it's not even the last game of the season yet, and we've already clinched. How are you feeling? Dude, I am so freaking pumped, man. Like, listen, what do we start this season off two and five? Two Nick and five. Sirianni makes a few flower references. And how many have we won straight? <laughs> I think, like, <laughs> seriously, that had to have. I really think that his his little botany, uh, his little flower fertilizer uh, metaphor, was really like the turning point of the season. I don't, I can't. I remember, like, when we lost to Oakland. No, just kidding, not Oakland, Las Vegas. Now, when we lost to the Raiders, and that was like rock bottom. And I swear, everybody at that point was like ready to give up on the season. And I feel like. We'll have to go back and look, but I feel like that may have been when he decided to like give that speech, and we all just thought it was a complete joke. And hey, now look Jordan, at Jordan Jordan Malata said it today. The roots sprouted, man. The <laughs> popped up. Jordan Malata said it said it last night, man. Like we are out of there. I mean, dude, it, it, it's so exciting to me. Um, so many people in our fan base, including myself, you know, I'm actually holding up a screenshot from, from Colin Coward, one of my all time favorite sports analysts, absolutely love the takes that he has. He had Washington finishing 10 and seven, the Cowboys nine and eight Eagles four and 13 behind the eight and nine giants. Insane. Listen, COVID may have helped us in one game. But, like, you can only play the teams that are in front of you. And we executed. I mean, it's such an incredible feeling to know that we are a playoff contending team. That's not the best part. Three first-round picks next um, next draft. Our future is promising, man. Like, this is so exciting. That's the thing. It's like you it- – it's it's nice going into a season with no expectations. I think we all knew that this was going to be a very feel it out kind of year. Is Jalen Hurts the guy or do we need to keep looking? Is there going to be a guy in this upcoming draft? Because we knew that we were going to have some picks to work with. But now, not only are you a playoff team, but now you have all those first round picks. Not that we have a great history of utilizing first round picks. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Jalen Rager, cough, cough. But like, you know, it's still like, 
hey, the more the be- when you have three of them, you're less likely to, to screw. You, you got to hit one of them, right? I mean, that's the logic I'm going with, at least. But it's yeah, it's man. amazing. No, it it's it's so exciting. It is so freaking exciting. Um, I don't know how far we'll make it into the playoffs. I'm fully expecting to get bounced round one, but that that doesn't matter. On principle alone, the Eagles are making the playoffs, and you're most likely going to benefit from this, Andrew. Uh, we have a bet in our group chat, nine and a half games. I took the under on that. My buddy Vince took the over. So depending on the outcome of this Sunday's game, which is pretty much meaningless, uh, either I'm buying Miller's Ale House for all of you guys, or I'm getting treated to Miller's Ale House um, regardless. So so you make out well on both ends. I don't care. I'm happy to pay the tab. Eagles are in the playoffs, baby. Absolutely awesome. Um, well, hey, in typical Afterthought podcast fashion, let's do a quick breakdown of the game. Um, listen, we don't have much to look forward to next week. Like, I don't really even think we should really even talk about the Dallas game. But curious on your reflections on the game in Washington to get us there. Why don't you give me your two up and then, you know, we'll go to two down. So two up. Two up, baby. Let's do it. Um, so first off, and this is this is very, uh, you know, in very Eagles fashion, at least for the past couple of weeks, it seems to be the story of every game. Uh, you know, they start off the first quarter down 10 nothing, And that's like literally I, I feel like we have this. It almost the box score looks so similar every week in that regard. But then they pitched a shutout in the second half of the game. They didn't give up any points in the second half. So like major props again to the defense. Like I. I don't know. Like they start slow and, and this could be, you know, I'm, I'm hearing like these little whispers of like this, this is like almost on purpose. Like, like Gannon is purposely uh, not showing too much in the beginning of the game and then able to just kind of like make the adjustment or, or catch the, the other offense off guard, whatever it is. I mean, it's working. Like I know Gannon still has like a lot of, he's still viewed as like a potential head coaching candidate and like, the defense has looked very questionable at times this year, but like they don't give up the big play and they're showing up in the second half. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with my first, my first positive as, as us crushing it in the second half of games and particularly, uh, the, you know, the, the defense actually, no, that's not true. Both of them, both, both the defense and the offense play great. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to take it to the offense now. And I know it's an obvious one, but like, I really, 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 really was impressed with Jalen hurts this, this past mm-hmm. week. Like, I think the week before, I, you could tell he was a little hobbled. He wasn't doing as much with his feet. Um, this week, I feel like we got to see a, a good mix. I mean, he didn't run the ball too many times, but he was very effective. I think he ran the ball seven for uh, seven times for almost 50 yards. Um, I, there was one play in particular where he, he picked up a huge chunk, maybe close to 25, 30 yards in the, in the one run. Um, I love seeing uh, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard being the two main targets again it just seems like we know what we are like we know we know what we are um and if we can establish the run and and not get past happy and just keep on working this kind of intermediate pass game to our reliable guys i just it it does seem like as it does seem like it's a, a very good formula for continued success uh you did mention before is this like you know does that mean I think that we're going to go into the playoffs and, and, and just, you know, run through it or like, no, I'll be, I'll be stoked out of my mind if we win one game, but I just like, again, we're, we're trying to look at this team um, with respect to the future. And I think like, 
having an identity as an offense um, has just been like one of the, the, the greatest things to see this year, because for the first half of the season, it just kind of seemed like it was more of the same. It's like, what, what are we like? What, what are we going to be good at? Like, it didn't seem like we had any idea. We didn't have, we didn't know. And now, now we do. So I'm going to send it back to you now. I want to hear what your two up are and uh, yeah, fire away. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, I I think all around it was, it was a pretty good called game as well. Um, First up, I could have taken it multiple ways, right? Like I was looking at that game and like, even this, because we started down by 10 points. I'm like, there's really like nothing that I feel like we're really doing wrong here. You know, we're getting into the red zone. Maybe the fourth down call, at least the first fourth down call, wasn't the smartest thing. But, you know, I'm going with my first one. I'm giving it back to our coach, man. Nick Sirianni coach, a fantastic game. Perfect, perfect play calling. Um, Great mix of running the ball and passing the ball. I think besides that first fourth down that we went for, I really would have liked to see three points at first. I was aligned with him the whole time. I thought he called such a good game. It's like almost like every time he dropped back, uh, Jalen Hurts that is, I'm just like, yes, like this is what I want to see. Um, you know, one thing that is interesting though is we haven't seen a lot of explosive plays on this offense though. Um, I think what week five, Jalen Hurts with that deep ball to Quez Watkins. We haven't seen much of that. I don't know if that's the coach playing conservative. I don't know if if it's Jalen. I would like to see more of that. But listen, man, got the W. But I thought Nick just coached a really, really good game, at least from an offensive standpoint. Other two up, I'm sorry, my other up is going to be our defensive line played incredibly well, in my opinion. Uh, three sacks, and I think all three of those were on third down opportunities. They came up big when they needed to. Taylor Heineke was off-kiltered all night, throwing from his back leg, throwing the ball out of bounds, getting pressure in his face, had a ton of hits on him that the stat line doesn't show. I thought we had really good pressure on him. Um, I think they had a pretty decent run game, but they didn't really break anything um, really big. Uh, So let me go just right into my two downs, though, when we're on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Listen, I I don't think our linebackers are that good, but Alex Singleton is just not great. Um, (laughs) He's very hot and very cold. Um, He did blow up a really big screenplay for a loss of yards. It's like he has this ability. Like we see it. We see flashes of greatness. And then other times he's missing tackles. He's like two or three steps away playing this soft zone. The middle of the field was wide open. And I think if we just had a linebacker there that could get half a step on some of these coverages that they need to have, we wouldn't have seen 75% completion and 250 yards from Taylor Heineke, who, listen, Taylor Heineke comes and plays pickup football with me and my friends. He's going to be the best athlete we've ever seen in every single position. Not saying Taylor Heineke is a bad <laughs> quarterback, but from an NFL perspective, I just really, I just was a little bit unimpressed. Middle of the field was wide open. Uh, they were driving at the end of the game overthrown ball picked off in the end zone by Rodney McLeod. Um, That ball falls to the ground. I would just be hitting the middle of the field the whole time. Washington was in a very key position where they could have won that game. And I feel like as, what are we, a 9-7 and team? Um, Crazy to still think that. We shouldn't be in that position with a team like Washington. So, So, you know, take it for what it is. 
As far as my second down, um, I think it's kind of like what you said, just starting the game slow. I don't think our defensive strategy should be down by 10 points and then we start showing the defense what we need to do. If you think about it, 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 it doesn't make much sense because the first offensive drive is always scripted, right? So the game plan can change from the first drive to the second drive. So showing what the offense is doing on the first drive and what they're doing into the second drive just doesn't seem like a sound um, way for that to work. But hey, we're winning football games. We're playoff bound. Just want to reiterate, we are playoff bound. I don't know. I don't know if that's if that's something I like to see. What about you, man? What are your two downs? Oh, a lot to respond to here. I do have a couple a couple things that I wanted to follow up on real quick here. So um, I totally, totally echo everything you said about Sirianni. It, extremely impressed with him. I need to know your opinion. Is Nick Sirianni, serious question, coach of the year? I don't know. I don't know. It, it feels like a stretch. It's like you can definitely make an argument. Just because, like, nobody expected the Eagles. I mean, like you said, uh, Colin Cowherd said that we were going to be a four-win team, and we might be a ten-win team after this weekend. Um, so it's it, it's like you know you can't you can't have a successful season like that without it being attributed to coaching and being able to uh, you know have a hold of the locker room. But um, I I just I do feel like that might be a little bit of a stretch. I, I got to imagine maybe like. Mike Vrabel from Tennessee or, or maybe um, Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor, Cincinnati. Um, I'm also thinking Bill Belichick, man, he had one bad year and he's already back into a playoff race. I mean, you're taking a rookie Um, quarterback. Yeah. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, I, I don't know. I I don't think Nick could be coach of the year, but um, it, it doesn't take away from the respect that I have for him. Now he's totally won me over at this point um visors visors all day man with with the cute little player numbers on the brim man all about it whatever <laughs> love it um and just uh yeah moving uh, moving forward a little bit here uh you, you mentioned about um eagles explosive plays and i thought that that was a a good point like this past game there really were not any explosive plays it was a lot of dink and dunk um but i I I will say I was uh, I was really happy to see Jalen Hurts throw a deep pass that was actually leading somebody. He actually overthrew it. I haven't seen that once this year. Every single <laughs> yeah. deep ball that he's thrown. I mean, it's like we do laugh about it, but like in order for Jalen Hurts to to take that next step or like I, I feel like that's the biggest weakness to his game. I mean, he has accuracy issues, but like every downfield pass has almost been laughable it just looks like a complete lollipop being thrown up into the air and you're basically just hoping for like some sort of pass interference call to get you those yards because um it those balls have been severely underthrown um also wanted to touch on the linebackers because i i do agree that's definitely our biggest area of weakness alex singleton is what he is he's a backup linebacker being forced into a full-time role right now because of injuries but i do he's a captain he's got a captain patch he's not a backup linebacker well he is like, like i guess when you're like the middle linebacker and you're not a rookie and it's not your first year on the team like who else do they have they have well 
TJ Edwards has been here for a little bit, but I don't even think he was a starter going into the year. Um, I've liked what I've seen out of Jannard Avery and Davion Taylor still, uh, you know, I think we're still figuring out what he is. I I know that he got some time earlier this season before being injured, um, showed a little bit of promise. So I know he was a a higher, you know, one of our higher draft picks of the past few years. So hoping to get that production out of the linebackers. Um, And then finally, um, you know, it's like, Technically, like Washington is a team that, yeah, we should just completely handle. Um, But like, hey, man, like how many times have we seen in the past where like the Jets give the Patriots a hard time because that's a division rival like Washington is a division matchup. And no matter what, you know, those games are always a little bit more difficult than usual. So you bet your butt. I was sweating my buns off at multiple uses of butt or buns in different forms. Anyway, (laughs) I was sweating my tuchus off that final drive thinking that like, you know, this could, they Washington could very well go down the field and, and win the game, which they didn't. And we all screamed loudly and it was beautiful. Um, so anyway, I'm just going to go with, with, I, I don't have two downs. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm sorry. So what do you, what are you going to do? You're going to kick me off the show? Huh? You're going to, you want to find someone else to take my place? Fine, do it. I don't care. All right. I'm going to do one down. Um, and that really was, I mean, it's just, it, I don't know, man. It's just, it's the slow starts and I'm not even going to go into any more. I'm not even going to go into any more depth there. It's just like, it's, it's more of the same, but like, yeah, I want to see us come out of the gates firing and I don't want to see us down with a huge 10 point deficit in the first quarter. And then, you know, feel like we need to, I don't, I don't need that pressure. I don't, I want to be able to breathe a little bit more easily in the, in the first half of games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Listen, I can I can think of a second down for you um, in regards to railings almost falling over on our starting quarterback and hurting fans. Uh, Jalen Hurts wrote a letter to the – I don't know like who you actually addressed that to. I think you made out to whom it may concern. The city um, of Washington, D.C., the entire yeah. city. You and your disgusting stadium and your disgusting <laughs> team and your, your disgusting – regime and coaches and Dan Snyder's a filth that I can't think of any other franchise that I would want to play for. I would choose them over the Raiders. I know the Raiders have had a lot of crappy things happen to them this season. Give me, I will never want to play for Washington. They are a joke from the top down. I'm sorry. Is that, is that too harsh? I don't care. I don't care. They're terrible. Bringing the heat today, Andrew. Hey, I'm not saying I disagree with you. Well, listen, end of the day, we won. We won. We won. You reeled me back in. Playoff bound, baby. So looking forward, Sunday's a meaningless game um, is what it is. There are some playoff implications for it, but it doesn't really change too much the playoff picture. So there's four teams that we have the opportunity to play, and it looks like most likely it's going to be Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really big determining factor is if San Francisco beats Los Angeles, the Rams that is, and what type of implications that has, but there's also New Orleans and Atlanta, Seattle at Arizona, Carolina at Tampa Bay, Dallas at Philly. I'm not going to go through every single scenario cause it's not really a path of least resistance. Um, but it is possible for us to play Tampa Bay, Arizona, the Rams, and even possibly Dallas. So I want to hear from you before we head out, before we close out this segment in order, right? As far as like, who do you think we have the best shot of winning against? 
who would you want to play Tampa Bay, Arizona, Los Angeles, Dallas in order? Not an easy, not an easy question to answer. Um, I think first, like just my, my gut is telling me, I think that I would like to play the Cowboys the most out of all of those teams. Um, like, don't get like the Cowboys. They've had a great, they've had a good season. They have a very, they have a high powered offense. I mean, Dak is good. I don't like, I can't, I can't hate on Dak. He, he has his, you know, his ups and downs, but they have a very, I mean, they have a legit passing attack. They have two good running backs and their defense has been pretty damn good this year too. So, I mean, I say the Cowboys, but like, really, it doesn't matter. It's like, I don't, I don't look at any of these teams and say like, I definitely don't want to play them in comparison. Like the Rams definitely scare me. Like they have a very strong uh, defense. I don't know how their run defense is. I imagine it's good just because they have Aaron Donald, who's, yeah, arguably the best defensive player in the and game. And just what they're doing with Jalen Ramsey is insane. They're throwing him literally in any position on the field and saying, go have fun. It's wild how talented that man is. He's, uh, the, I mean, and th- has Von Miller, I know they traded for Von Miller. Has he actually, I know he I was like hurt. he's made much of an impact. I haven't heard I haven't much heard from Von much. Miller after since the trade. I, I agree with you. But who knows? You know, you get that guy in there on a playoff game and who knows, you know, he's, he's, I don't know, but the Rams do scare me. Like Matt Stafford could definitely chuck the ball all over the field. And I do not feel confident about that matchup defensively. Um, I oddly feel kind of okay about facing the Buccaneers. Like I'm not intimidated Mm -hmm. by, by Tom Mm -hmm. Brady. And I mean, a lot of that is 2017. It's like, we've, we've shown that we have been able to beat him before. He's not unbeatable. Um, They are down one of their best wide receivers uh, for taking off his clothing and quitting, uh, mid game. So no more Antonio Brown. Uh, so like their defense does, isn't overly impressive either. Um, the Cardinals, the Cardinals, like you think the Cardinals and it's, they, they don't, it doesn't feel intimidating, but like, ah, man, that's, that's another just very well-rounded team and another team with a, with a great quarterback and a lot of receivers who can do a lot of damage. It's just a lot of really, these are all very, very, very good offenses. Um, so I, I guess maybe I'm just going Brady because he might be the least mobile out of all of those mm-hmm. guys. And, uh, you know, maybe there's, uh, maybe there's some distractions with the, the recent antics that have taken place with Antonio Brown, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, rely on that by any means. So, um, I'm going to, okay. To give you a ranking though. Okay. We're going to go Cowboys. We're going to go Cowboys as the team that I would most like to face followed by the Buccaneers followed by the Cardinals, followed by the Rams. I think the Rams are the team I would least like to see. So now, same question for you. Yeah, no, pretty similar. And just for reference to our viewers, I mean, our listeners, a lot of things have to happen for us to play Dallas. There's actually literally only one scenario. San Francisco has to beat the Rams. Seattle has to beat Arizona. Carolina has to beat Tampa Bay. And Dallas has to beat us. That's the only scenario that there is for us to play Dallas. But it is possible. Just like a two and five team making the playoffs, it is possible. So you're saying um, there's a chance. So saying there's a chance. Yeah, I think I kind of share the same sentiment with you with Tom Brady. Um, listen, a little bit of drama there. We've proven that we can beat Tom Brady. Uh, we've already played him this year. We have film on him, um, and we didn't lose by that much. And let's also not forget that they just lost to the Saints. Listen, interdivision games are always different. I'm always a first person to say that. They lost to the Saints, and then they needed a huge come-behind miracle Tom Brady drive to beat the Jets. 
we decimated both of those teams. I'm not saying Tom Brady's bad. I'm not saying the Bucks are bad. Like, please don't hear that. But like, I want to play that team because we're better than those two, significantly better than those two. So give me Tom Brady. Um, so in order for me, I'm actually totally okay with playing Tampa first, Arizona second because I just think they're digressing a lot. Um, I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins is going to be back. I'm, I'm actually unfamiliar with his status. I don't think James Conner is in there. And is is Chase Edmonds even even playing? I, th- I thought Edmonds played this past week, but uh, you know that's we got to watch no, the Cardinals. I'm, I'm sorry, games, Alex. R- R- Rondell Moore, Rondell Moore, not not Chase Rondell Edmonds. Moore. R- R- Rondell Moore, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that Chase Edmonds. It's a no name r- running back. Like I care about what he's doing. Um, hey, okay, yeah. Don't don't it's, sleep on Chase Edmonds. Don't sleep on Chase Edmonds. Yeah, yeah. So 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 Tampa Bay, Arizona, Dallas, third. Um, not for any other reason. I mean, it would be exciting for an Eagles Dallas game. And dude, if if we took Dallas out of the playoffs, um, I will be unbearable. I, I will be unbearable. Like I will roast Dallas every single day until next season if we take them out of the playoffs. Actually, you know, because I'm moving out to my second spot. Give me TB12 first. Give me Dak second, Kyler third, share the same sentiment with you. I want nothing to do with the Rams. Um, we don't play them that often. They're a really tough team. Even though Matt Stafford is zero and three in the playoffs, we haven't seen him on a fully stacked team. Defense True. scares me. Jalen Ramsey scares me. Aaron Donald scares me. Want nothing to do with that team um, whatsoever. So that is that is my ranking. And just to uh, just 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 to follow up here, I, d- I do see that DeAndre Hopkins, he is on IR um, and it looks like he'll be eligible to come back for the NFC championship game. So that actually makes the the Cardinals a little bit more easier to uh, a little bit easier to swallow if we do have to go against them because they'll be limited to. Uh, well, they'll still have A.J. Green. They, they still have Christian Kirk and you're saying Rondell Moore. Uh, he's questionable, but he might be ready by the time the playoffs start. So, yeah. Um, you know, there's still a little bit of dust to settle and like, you know, like looking at the Eagles in terms of injuries, not even not injuries, but, uh, you know, just saw some news today that almost there's a huge COVID outbreak within the Eagles, which they couldn't have planned that out any better. Like way seriously, great, great timing for them to just, uh, you know, pass that around while they have a week to take it easy while, you know, before preparing for the playoffs. So hopefully, um, Hopefully everybody's obviously you know recovers quickly and yeah. nobody is badly you know all that fun stuff. Totally, man. So hey, listen, get build up those antibodies before there, so we have we have no issue. Like everyone should just go over to I don't know Fletcher Cox's house. One person that has COVID, everyone gets it, so everyone's immune in the playoffs. Um, well, listen, man. This time next week, next podcast, we're gonna know who our playoff opponent is going to be. We're going to break it down. Really excited um, to learn a little bit more. We're going to take a break and go to our featured segments. We are going to meet with a Patriots fan and talk a little bit about the potential career that Mac Jones is going to have in New England. Thought it was a really good conversation. Really excited for you all to, to, to hear it. And we want to hear your thoughts too. Let us know what you think Mac Jones is going to do in New England. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is the Afterthought Podcast. If it's game day and your belly wants to know the snacking game plan, 
It's time for another episode of Cooking with Opups. Hey, if you crave an authentic hummus featuring tahini and gently roasted authentic Mediterranean spices, well, then you're going to have to Google the Food Network website. But if you want a simple, tasty treat you can whip up in minutes, then listen up. First for your mise en place, and we all know that means just getting your stuff together. One can of garbanzo beans or chickpeas, drained and rinsed. One can of cannellini beans, white beans to mellow that flavor, also drained and rinsed. A small bunch of fresh parsley or cilantro, and maybe 15 or so stems with leaves. One quarter cup of oil, traditionally olive oil, but I prefer the milder flavor of avocado oil. Juice of a half a lemon, one quarter cup of water, salt and pepper, and if you're feeling adventurous, two cloves of roasted garlic and about a half a roasted pepper from a jar, or roast one up yourself. If there's one thing I like more than my enamel Le Creuset roasting pan, it's my Ninja Blender. Break out that bad boy, fill it with beans and greens, add your water and fire that puppy up to medium, then add your lemon juice. Slowly add oil until it loosens up to a nice mix. If you've added all your oil and it's still not looking like a thick milkshake, add water, a teaspoon at a time until it loosens up. Add in salt, pepper, and then your optional roasted pepper and garlic. A caution, raw garlic is delicious, but don't plan on kissing your girl when you win the game. Adjust with more salt and pepper as needed. Well, there you go. Break out that B-A-B-C. That's a big ass bowl of carrots. We're doing the new year right. Or may I suggest pita or bagel chips, or even pita bread. Then sit down and enjoy the game. This has been another episode of Cooking with Opups. Back to the boys in the studio. All right, and welcome back to the Afterthought Podcast. On today's featured segment, we're going to discuss the hype around Mac Jones. Obviously, Tom Brady had a legendary career in New England, but Mac is starting to make some waves. We are joined today by my best man and one of my best friends in the world, Chris Losey. So happy to have you on here, my man. Hey, gentlemen. Thank you very much for having me on. Andrew, pleasure meeting you. Alex, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, just to all of our listeners out there, Chris is a loyal New England fan. Uh, You know, I think he's been a little bit spoiled recently just about how well their team is doing. You know, Tom Brady goes over there, brings home what? Three Super Bowls, four Super Bowls, six Super Bowls. Come on, you know better than that. (laughs) And now Mac Jones is coming in and making waves. It's just like these guys can never can never do any wrong. But here's the premise of how we're going to break this down today. So before the show, I asked Andrew and Chris to come up with answers to these three questions. Those questions are, is how many Super Bowl appearances or wins will Mac Jones have in his entire career? Who is Mac Jones' QB comp, either past or present? And is Mac Jones the best QB out of this year's draft class? Since you are our guest today, Chris, why don't you start? All right, all right. Um, uh, I guess we'll we'll start it off with the the Super Bowl appearances and wins. It's it's hard being as spoiled as I was, uh, or am being a New England fan. Uh, what was it? Nine Super Bowls, six titles, and then uh, Brady leaves and goes down to Tampa and wins one uh, right off the bat. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it pretty conservative. Um, I'm gonna say on the low end, he has two Super Bowl appearances. Uh, the caveat with that is that he has one in the next three years. And the mm. reason why I say that is because the window is closing in New England. It's closing very quickly. Belichick is 70. 
there's rumors of McDaniels leaving. And McDaniels was the key key component in Brady pretty much winning all of his Super Bowls. When McDaniels left, went to Denver, Brady kind of went dry. McDaniels came back, their love flourished again, and they, they got a few more Super Bowls. Um, so I'm going to say two on the low end, three on the high end, and I'm going to say one win, possibly two. So I'm going to say that that one win is on uh, in within the next three years. And the reason why I say that is because I, I can't foresee Belichick coaching until he's 75, 80, uh, McDaniels leaving. So that, that core chemistry – and with Mac, Mac being the young quarterback that he is, I think he does need a lot of help. Um, I still think the offense that they run, the the dink and dump, is the same offense that they ran with Brady. Although Mac is throwing the ball a little bit more downfield than Brady was in his younger years, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Which will lead me into my uh, my next point: the the QB comp. Um, it's not Brady. Surprisingly, Mac's playing better than Brady in Brady's rookie year. Which is which is good. However, the league has changed a lot in 21, 22 years, whatever it may be. Um, so my comp is from two thousand eight. Uh, little dirty bird, young Matt Ryan. So the comparison is actually very very close. So Matt Ryan back in two thousand and eight, he went eleven and five. So right now, if the season were to end, we're through sixteen weeks. Uh, Matt Jones is ten to six. Matt Ryan won the offensive rookie of the year. He led his team to the playoffs. He was he passed for 3400 yards, 16 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Right now, I think Mac Jones is at 3500 yards, 21 TDs, 11 interceptions. Um and if it wasn't for Jamar Chase's game this past week, what was it? I think uh yeah, 11 receptions, 266 yards and three touchdowns it would be a shoe in for Matt Jones to win the offensive rookie of the year. So mm. that that's my pick. And I think the last question was, is he the best quarterback in out of this year's draft class? Out of this year's draft. I can't say yes or no to that. I think it's all environmentally mm-hmm. based to be completely honest. Um, I don't think you could put Trey Lance or uh, Zach Wilson in new England and see the same success that Matt Jones has Trevor Lawrence. Yes. I think you take Trevor Lawrence out of Jacksonville, throw him in New England, and I think maybe they're eleven and five right now, maybe twelve and four. I think athleticism plays a bigger part in that than uh, than we may think. Um, but I think if you put Mac Jones down in uh, down in Jacksonville, I don't think he's he's doing any better than what that Trevor Lawrence is doing right now. So if I had to say, being biased, yes, he is the better or the best quarterback in the draft, but it is all environmentally based and thankfully new england tanked last year and we were able to go ahead and uh steal steal a quarterback at 15 yeah i mean i i'm actually a little bit surprised this is a lot more conservative than i thought it was going to be you said that the window of opportunity for mac jones to capitalize on what you said two to three super bowl wins is closing in um do you think he's plateaued already Dave Portnoy put out something that he's not even at his plateau yet and everything. We all know Dave Portnoy is a homer when it comes to anything New England. When you say two to three years, is that the next five years, next three years? Do you think he's elite coming into next year? What are your your predictions? Do you think this year could be a possibility? 
I, I absolutely. I think New England's set up for success right now. I mean, wow. they have a they have a great defense. Uh, their offensive line. I mean, you have uh, Mark Andrews, you have Shaq Mason, uh, Trent Brown, as Isaiah Wynn. I mean, everybody on their front line right now. You're you're built to play in January. You're built to play in February. It's I I don't see Buffalo coming out. I mean, Kansas City right now is sputtering a little bit. Uh, the reason why I say in the next three years is because you, you're going to have people leaving from New York. People are going to get older. That core team, uh, Dante Hightower, Devin McCourty on the back end, the core leadership, it's all going to depend on how it gets passed down. Uh, once those guys leave, it could be, hey, listen, we're the New York Jets now. So I think with Mac Jones being as – He's a very comparable quarterback right now. I mean, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He takes what's giving him. He's very intellectual back there. He understood one of the most complicated offenses in the NFL his rookie year, and he's taking advantage of it right now. He's not messing up games, or he's not giving games away, which is good. Yeah. Hey, smart cookie too. 4.0 GPA out of Alabama. I don't know if that's impressive or not, um, but I did not get a 4.0 and I went to Indiana University of Pennsylvania. So shout out to Mac Jones and his big brain. All right, Andrew, same questions back to you. All right. Well, um, for starters, I 100% agree in terms of Super Bowl appearances and for a lot of the reasons that, that Chris had mentioned. Um, a lot of that is because of Bill Belichick. So Mac Jones is, I mean, he's fortunate to land where he did. And, you know, I guess when you're the fifth quarterback taken in the draft, that means you're probably going to go to a team that is probably a little bit more set up for success than maybe some of those, those super high draft picks. Um, so, you know, that, that could be a reason that we're seeing um, Mac Jones with success, but, but, I, I, I'm going to say he, he makes one Super Bowl appearance. Um, and I, I'll go off on, I'll go out on a limb and say that he wins that Super Bowl appearance just based off of, uh, just the Patriots presence in the Super Bowl itself. Whatever that experience is, I think will give them the advantage against whatever team that, that they may play in the future. Um, it's just like, it, it's a different AFC than I, and, and it's, it's a different division that they're playing in, uh, you know, than it was of years past. And especially because the bills are, it, it's tough to say who's the better team right now, because they both kind of been going back and forth in, in that, you know, with that top division spot. Um, but the bills are going to give them a tough run for it, you know, for the next decade or so. Um, Miami's a team that's, I, I feel like you're going to be fortunate just to split one and one with against each season. The jets, you should beat twice, but again, like divisional games, you, you never, you never actually know. Um, so I do think the Patriots have had success be- in the past number one, because they have the greatest, uh, you know, greatest quarterback of all time, but, um, also because their division definitely allowed for them to kind of just, uh, just, just wipe through the division, get that home field advantage every season. Um, so I'm going to say they have one Super Bowl appearance. Um, and I'll say that, and I'll say that they win. In terms of quarterback comparisons, I mean, I look at Mac Jones as just a, you know, he's he's this, he's a game manager and he's, you know, he's not very mobile. So like the first few guys that came to mind were, you know, and, and guys that have had success, your Trent Dilfers, your Brad Johnsons, but I do think he is a step above those guys. I'll give him a little bit more credit than that. Um, I think if he, I, Matt Ryan was definitely one of the names that I that I had written down. Eli Manning. I mean, I don't think that you can take that as a, 
I don't think that that's a bash, Adam. I think Eli Manning would, if you have Eli Manning's career, you're, you're a success. Um, <laughs> I read something that says he has a floor of Kirk Cousins and a ceiling of Drew Brees. I thought that that could be accurate. Um, but my number one, my, my number one uh, uh, comp that I'm going with is I'm going with Chad Pennington. <laughs> I'm going. Oh, I'm going give me, Chad, give him, give him Eli Manning back. I'll take Eli back after that comment. I'm going Chad Pennington, baby. Now, Chad, you, you got to do, you got to look into some Chad Pennington. I think he had some. I think his, I think his career was. Look, hey, look, Chad Pennington was on the Jets. You put Chad Pennington on the Patriots, his career is completely different. I'm like. Argue, argue that. Tell, tell me that, that that he's not a different. He doesn't have a different career if he's on a successful franchise with one of the greatest coaches ever. Uh, he was, you know, he was a a game manager. He was an accurate passer, and I think that that is a lot of what Mac Jones does. Don't get me wrong. I think the upside with Mac Jones is there. I'm sure he was. I don't know when Pennington was drafted. Um, I should have prepared with that research, or I mean, uh, which round he was he was drafted in? If, you know, because Mac Jones, he's a a first round draft pick you're expecting you're expecting production i don't know if pennington was more of a surprise or if he was expected to have some success which he did for a short while um so yeah i'm going chad pennington and i was pretty confident that nobody else was going to have that comparison and i'm sticking to it um <laughs> finally uh most successful in this draft class i i think trevor lawrence obviously has the the most overall you know god given talent if you were just to create a Madden player and, and, and rate him in all different areas. Trevor Lawrence is going to be your best is going to be your best player. Um but I am going to go with Trey Lance. I feel like the 49er situation is pretty legit. Uh that's a team that still has a young coach. He's a brilliant offensive mind. Um they always seem to have a pretty solid defense. So just going situationally, I think Trey Lance is in the best position um having that mobility is great so if he can just improve his accuracy like we've seen you know we've seen lamar and hopefully jalen hurts will do the same my final question though before i send this over to you alex i feel like if mac jones and jalen hurts combined as one and this goes out to you as well chris i mean that's like uh that's they almost cop they they almost complement each other's weakness perfectly so I feel like if you had, if the two of them could even each other out a little bit, then I think the Eagles and Patriots are are going to be uh, set up for for success for for a while. So anyway, that's not going to happen. It's not like Mac Jones is all of a sudden going to run a a four four forty or uh, you know uh, Jalen Hurts going to start dropping dimes tomorrow. But hey, I mean, who who knows? I mean, nobody said a quarterback would play for twenty two years in the league and be forty four years old. So crazy things and have drafted happened. in the sixth the sixth round at a sixth round pick at that. So for sure. So yeah, Alex, I'm, I'm sending this to you and I'm, I'm really excited to hear your, after the, <laughs> after the reactions, the look on both of your faces, after I said, Chad Pennington, I thought I was going to get just <laughs> left out of the room. Um, yeah. Let's, I want to hear your take. How many Super well, Bowl well, appearances, th- all that good stuff. Well, it was just funny because like you started with, with Eli Manning and I was like, Oh man, like, you know, Tom Brady killer, right? Eli Man. Actually, everyone in the NFC East that Tom Brady has seen in the Super Bowl, he has lost to. I, I, okay, I lied because he lost the Eagles. The only people that have beat Tom Brady are NFC East teams. There we go. In a Super Bowl. And they're um, goofy quarterbacks. Really goofy 
goofy quarterbacks. This is nothing weakness. goofy about Nick Foles, but definitely a lot of goofiness revolved around <laughs> Eli Manning. <laughs> All right, so so here here are my answers to those questions, and surprisingly, this has been um, you know very a realistic conversation. So I don't think I'm going to be bringing any um, thing that we already haven't addressed. But you know, I, I think it's pretty apparent that Tom Brady was great for an entire decade because um, you know they were the thing with the Patriots is they were never really able to draft top talent because they were constantly winning Super Bowls. They were constantly winning their division. So Brady actually never won a championship when he had top talent there. He had Randy Moss and Wes Welker never did anything. It was the Chris Hogan's Danny Amendola's Julian Edelman's of the world that went on to do absolutely nothing after their time in new England. You, you could actually argue that Gronk is on that list as well. And we'll never know for certain if Gronk was elite or if Brady made Gronk elite uh, because I saw an interview that Gronk actually was going to ret- – Gronk retired because he was going to get traded to the Lions. And then when he came back to the Bucks, it's because Tom Brady recruited him. So Gronk's never played with with anybody else. Um, and I think that this success is actually going to be a curse for Mac Jones because I don't think any team can success uh, can sustain success that long year after year. It, it's never happened before, and only Tom Brady has the talent to do it. So unless the Patriots tank again, which is unlikely, or they make a huge trade for some elite talent. I just don't know if Mac Jones can do what Tom Brady did. Um, Belichick is always going to take his team to a respectful record every single year. They did it first year, new rookie quarterback in there, winning their division already. And Mac's a smart kid. He's going to figure it out. But like they lost to the Bucks. They lost to the Cowboys. They lost to Buffalo in a game where Mac had to throw more than two or three times. Um, they lost to the Colts. Like, sure, he's going to do fine beating up on the Dolphins and Jets four times a year, and he'll be fighting the division for the Bills for a while. But, you know, I, I think that's his ceiling. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I have plenty of Mac Jones rookie cards I'm holding on to. But, like, again, you know, it, it, the Pats are just doing good enough to keep them out of contention for young talent. I think that's his ceiling, which which isn't a bad career, by the way. So as far as Super Bowl appearances in Mac Jones' career, I say one Super Bowl appearance, but he doesn't win it. Um, I say my quarterback comparison. I'm so mad at you, Chris. Matt Ryan, again, I actually almost had Jared Goff because Jared Goff was actually a stud when he came out, but he digressed so much so quickly I don't think Mac Jones will digress that quickly. I think he's going to have a very similar career path to Matt Ryan. Tons of playoff, um, tons of playoff appearances. When Matt Ryan got Julio Jones, he really went off, right? We saw him a lot in the postseason. I do think Mac Jones will have several postseason appearances, especially when they're in the division that they're in with the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills. As far as um rookie class i think undoubtedly he's the best rookie out of this class he has the most success it's it's fairly obvious but i think justin fields and nobody has mentioned his name has the highest ceiling here um i think the chicago bears are at an impetus for everything that's going to be changing i think Nagy is going to be gone soon um i think they have some big picks coming up and justin fields man i think is going to be an absolute baller based off sheer athletic Athletics alone, I, I think his ceiling's higher than Trey Lance um, and Trevor Lawrence, for that matter. I'm really, really big on Justin Fields. I'm not a big quarterback. I'm, I'm sorry, not a big uh, college football watcher, but I watched him a lot at Ohio State. 
So there we have it. Zero Super Bowl wins, one appearance. Not the best quarterback long-term out, and Matt Ryan is a quarterback comparison. So, I mean, there's a running theme here. You know, it's like the comparisons are if you're white, if you're between six foot two and six foot five, and if you can't, <laughs> if you can't beat me in a race, then uh, you're probably a good Mac Jones. Comp- I mean, I've seen the guy without a shirt on and it made me feel really good. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think the window and I agree with, I, I agree with Chris with almost everything that he said. I think his window is, is, is going to be closing very soon. I think next year is going to be Mac Jones's best year. And I think, that may be the season he makes a Super Bowl appearance that I'm talking about. But I think the next two to three years are going to be Mac Jones's golden years. And then, you know, slowly in the background, decent quarterback will have a good career. But I think that's the story and legacy of Mac Jones. And I think and I think New England understands that. I mean, they had a huge offseason in preparation for drafting Mac Jones. Um, signing Matthew Judon, bringing in uh, all the tight ends, bringing in Hunter Henry, um, all the reinforcements that they did, they geared up for this season to be the season. And it would be it would be an immaculate one if if Matt Jones were to go ahead and take him to the Super Bowl this year and actually win it. He'd be the first rookie to do so ever in the NFL. I wow. mean, he's the first uh, rookie to uh, I think rookie since Dak Prescott in 2016 to actually take himself or take his team to the playoffs. Um, So it's, I mean, he's doing big things right now. He's top 10 in QBR. I mean, he's top, I think like 30%, 33% in pretty much every statistical category right now. So he's doing what he needs to do on the field and presumably off the field to prepare his team. I mean, he's doing what he's doing this again with Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, He's doing it. I mean, Kendrick Bourne was a great pickup, but he's he, he's throwing to more. He's throwing to better wide receivers and tight ends than Brady ever did. I mean, yes, he did have Randy Moss. He had the West Welkers, Julian Edelman's, but he, he's doing more with what he has right now, and it's 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 exciting to see. Uh, if we get the Bills uh, round one of the playoffs, it's going to be a bloodbath. I will tell you that it's going to be a great game to watch. Agreed. And it's also pretty impressive. And I, I, I did want to make point of, you know, kind of the supporting cast that he's working with. I mean, in order from, from what it seems like, and I'm not going to pretend like I watch the Patriots super closely, but it seems like that they have a, a defined identity. It's like they pound the ball with with uh, Damian Harris and uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And then like they don't have any of these stud receivers or anyone that's going to like take you over the top, but they do have like kind of just this really nice intermediate pass game. And if he can throw with accuracy, then then he's doing his job and they're going to keep moving the sticks. Um, I do have one final question before we sign off here, though. And this is this is for Chris. Uh, as a Patriots fan, does it worry you when people make the Matt Ryan comparison, given that he suffered maybe the worst collapse, the worst collapse I've ever seen in sports? Uh, so like, do you, when you hear Matt Ryan, do you think that is a good career or do you think that's someone who's going to, choke under pressure i I was actually uh i was saying to myself during uh this the sunday games i was i'll never make a 28 to 3 joke again in my life if (laughs) atlanta can pull off this win against buffalo because that would have that would have nearly i mean it would have given the patriots a chance i mean as you said andrew i believe or i believe alex you said this is that it's it's always a toss-up with the dolphins it's you win one game you lose one game it was that way throughout brady's entire entire career there so i mean even if 
even if the Patriots were to win this game, which I don't think they will, um, mm. I don't think they're going to keep the fifth game or the fifth spot and play Buffalo. I think they might drop a little bit. I don't know the scenarios uh, as well as I should right now. I do know they hold the fifth seed, and if the playoffs were to start now, they'd play Buffalo in the first round. Um, so we'll see. Um, as <laughs> with regards to the comparison, the way he started off his career, I mean, he, he was a gunslinger very early on. I think at two, three years in the league, he started passing for 45, 4,700 yards, 30, 35 touchdowns. So if you get that, and I mean, that has to translate. You have to bring that up into the pass-heavy league that we're in right now. Um, sure. I'll take that. Um, Mac is an individual I, I don't really care about. Is If he brings me, if he brings me Super Bowls, I'm I'm still gonna ride the train. I'm I'm happy for him, but I think uh, kind of circling back, it it has to happen. It has to happen soon within the next two to three years, or I think that that ship is gonna sail pretty quickly. Well, man, it's been awesome having a real life, legitimate Patriots fan on the show. <laughs> to no, in all seriousness, to to really to to get your yeah. I, to really know what you've been watching all season. Cause you know, we, Alex and I can pretend like we, uh, we know our, our, I almost said Mac Miller. We know our Mac Jones. Um, but the reality <laughs> is, is that, you know, we're, we're, we're bleeding green heavily and, and more into dissecting the, the Eagles. So it's been awesome having you on the show. I best of luck this weekend. I know that the Patriots still do have a chance, not sure how slim it is of getting the number one overall seed in the AFC, which would be absurd given like yeah given that they have a rookie quarterback and uh a lack of uh weapons that you think a, a rookie quarterback would need to have success so that is going to do it for this episode of the afterthought podcast so excited to to talk next week we'll finally have an idea of who the eagles are going to be playing in the first round yes, sir. It's looking like most likely it will be former patriot tom brady again um but you know what bring on whoever at this point, you know, it's like, I think that the Eagles are probably in, we're probably in his head for life. So I'm, I feel good about it. Uh, best of luck to Chris and his Patriots next week as well. in the new Mac Jones era and uh, looking forward to talking about everything next week. Peace. <laughs>